always appreciate getting applause before I start. I never know how it's going to end. but uh, So I want to tell you all that I've had an interesting 24 hours. Some of you know that my mom died on December the 12th, and we had her celebration of life yesterday. And I had the honor of speaking, of doing her service. And it was a, a, a great, a great time. And as I was heading home, I was talking to Stephanie, and there was an uneasiness that came over me. And some of you that have preached before may understand this uneasiness. You see, after last week, first of all, I want to say, Rob and Dustin, y'all did an amazing job during last week's service. And after last week's service, talking about the fact, what has God done for you? And you as a church stepped up. We were able to watch that online. It was amazing. And when I heard that, it hit me that the title of my sermon yesterday at my mom's service was Life Lessons I Learned from My Mom. And it hit me that, hey, we're talking about things we're thankful for and things that we have learned. I'll just share the same message this morning. I've heard it said, it's always interesting to tell, your, tell God your plans and see what he does with those plans. Well, the uneasiness I felt came when I said these words to Stephanie. I said, you know, this is a unique situation. I'm going to be preaching the same message on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I've never done that. But as those words came out, an uneasiness came over me. And I didn't, I, I knew where it was from, but I put it to the back of my mind. I thought it will be fine. But at 7.30 last night, God spoke clearly. And he said, that is not the message for today. So I do as I often do. Christina has finally taught me to sit in front of my computer instead of writing this out handmade. And I sat in front of my computer and I said, okay, God, I, I literally have nothing. What is this message that you want to share? And friends, I want to tell you, this message is for someone in here. I have no idea who you are, but this message is for you. My hope and prayer is that God will use this message, not my words, but his words to speak to you. So Christmas night, Stephanie and I flew out of Louisville to Fort Myers Beach, Florida. Stephanie's mom died this year. My mom died this year. We just needed some time away. And as often the case, as we're driving to Louisville, we had just gotten out of our neighborhood, I get a notification on my phone from Southwest Airlines that says your flight has been delayed and you're going to have a really tight connection in Orlando. So I get on the phone, Stephanie said, I am a wannabe travel agent, and I get our plans changed, and everything's going fine. All our flights are late, but we get into Fort Myers about 12.30 in the morning. I'm thinking, we've made it. That's all that matters. Then the fun continued. Our rental car company, I don't know if any of you all have ever rented through Turo, what you do is you rent someone's own car, and we've had great experience, except for this time. Our, the person we were renting the car from would never return my phone calls. The whole idea is they take a picture to show you where the car is in the airport parking lot. If you don't have that picture, it's a little hard to find your car. No car. I called. I texted. I did everything. I could not 
get any information. I called Turo, understand, December 26th at 1245 in the morning. Someone's really excited to be working, first of all. I did find out they're in San Francisco, so it's not as late there. But they did an amazing job. They called the person. They couldn't get it. They tried to get some car. They couldn't. They finally, at 2 a.m., gave us lift tickets to car driver to take us to our condo, which was 45 minutes away. But then they said this. We can't find one. You're going to have to find one. So, again, I sat on my phone, kept on going, but we finally made it to the hotel at the condo at 2 a.m. We went to the wrong building. We went up to the floor. Thankfully, the door we went to did not have a self-lock on it, or we would have entered the wrong room. We got into our room. We called Lyft the next day. They finally found us a car. They paid the $800 difference to get a car. Then they sent us to pick the car up. But as we were heading down the elevator, a text came to me that I had gotten yesterday. The owner of the condo sent these words to me. I'm really hoping the pool is open when you get there. We're in Florida. What is going on with the pool? But you see, friends, <laughs> as the elevator door opened, and remember, we got there at 3 a.m. It was pitch black. We couldn't see anything. I remembered Hurricane Ian had hit Fort Myers Beach, Florida, September of 2022. A direct hit. Category 5 hurricane. And friends, when the door opened, the reality of that storm hit us. Megan's going to show some pictures that we took of what we saw that day. As we walk out of the elevator, there's lines covered on the ground. The pool is nowhere near open. The beautiful picture we had seen of a grass-covered lawn with trees to get to the beach is now covered in sand with only tree stumps standing there. You see, as we drove further and further inland, the damage continued. 14-foot storm surge came through that place. Seven miles inland, they had water damage. But then God spoke, and he said this to me. He said, Rick, your minor inconveniences of getting here pale to the terror and the horror that these people are dealing with. You see, buildings were crumbled. The remains of buildings were everywhere. It broke my heart. There were so many buildings that you could tell the owners came and said, I don't have the time or the money to fix it, and they slapped a for sale sign up. Can you imagine trying to sell a building that is completely crumbled? You saw a picture there. There were houses that were totally wiped off their foundation. And people had put campers right there. That was their home. That's where they lived. But this is where the message that God gave me last night comes in. Because as I drove, as we drove further and further, I kept hearing these words that I'm sure people had to ask during these 15 or 16 months. Where is God? Has he forgotten me? 
Where is God and has he forgotten me? You see, what I've come to understand, what God showed me last night, is we're going to try to answer some of those hard questions today. The reason is, I'm pretty sure none of us in this room in Lexington, Kentucky, are going to go through a hurricane this year. But I will tell you what, friends, some of us are going to go through storms this year. And when you go through storms, questions arise and doubts come. So today, I'm hoping that we can ease the questions a little bit. Friends, I don't have all the answers. My mom, until the day she died, said, Rick, why do I have to be here? I didn't have an answer for her. But when she got to heaven, she didn't have to ask the question. The answer was abundantly clear. This side of heaven, I can't answer everything, but we will try to answer some today. So the first question is, where is God during the storm? Where is, and I've had this asked to me, where is your God during this storm? Psalms 23.4 says this, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Did you catch it? Did you hear it? You are with me. Friends, let me tell you something. Where is God during the storm? Where is God during the school shootings? Where is God during 9-11? God's right there in the midst of it. My God is not in the corner shaking in fear saying, I never saw this coming. God is right there in the midst of it with you. But I love the end part of that where it says your rod and your staff, they comfort some of y'all have been through terrible storms in the last year. And it may not have felt like God was there. But a lot of times during our storms, God sends people to comfort us for him. And I think we've all been in those situations where someone will step forward and someone will comfort you during that time. Friends, the other part I want you to hear is you may be that person. God may call you to comfort someone during their storms. I know John has talked about this, and I've, I've said this too. Sometimes you don't know what to say. Friends, you don't have to say a word. Sometimes you can comfort someone by just being present. When Stephanie was a very young teacher and she would come home and she would tell me all the terrible things that had happened that day. Guys, I'm a fixer. So I would sit down. I'd say, all right, here's what we're going to do. A, B, C. And she finally said, Rick, I love you, but I don't need you to fix anything. Can you be quiet long enough just to listen? The answer was no, but I tried. <laughs> you see, sometimes the best way to comfort someone is just listen. You don't have to have the answers. Just listen. Just be there. I told some people my mom was born in 1938, and she had five members of her high school graduating class yesterday at her memorial service. They were there to comfort us. 
And it was amazing to hear the stories they told. My mom and dad went to high school together. They were a year apart. My dad was a year older. And one of my dad's former football players told me a story about my dad. And in 60 and a half years, I had never heard the story. They brought me comfort. Friends, when the storms come this year, God will give you comfort. God will send a comforter. And you may be that person. You see, I love when Scripture repeats itself in both the Old and the New Testament. Because I'm always not real smart, but I figure if it's in there a lot, it must be really important. This Scripture is in the Old and New Testament three different times. Basically the same words. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Because your Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself go before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Hebrews 13.5 puts a little bit different way, and I love the wording of this. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So when you ask, has God forgotten me? The answer is, no, he has not. You see, God holds true to his promises. He will not forget you. And do you know why that is? Because he loves you. He made you. He formed you. In your mother's womb. How could he ever forget you? The hardest day I had with my mom was three Thursdays ago. I walked in. The facility was having some COVID issues, so I walked in with the mask on. And I walked into my mom's room, and my mom and I always greeted each other with a hearty smile and a big hug. And I walked in, and I said, hey, mom, how are you? And do you, have you ever met someone and you can tell they have no idea who you are? And they give you that blank stare. And she looked at me and she said, I'm fine. And I had to ask the hardest question I've ever asked. I said, do you know who I am? And I took my mask off thinking that would make it better. And she said, these words which broke my heart. No, sir, I've never seen you before. But you see, I knew my mom didn't forget me. The disease forgot me. But you see, we serve a perfect God. Disease does not affect our God. God will not forget who we are. I know when my mom got to heaven, she heard the words, well done, good and faithful servant. She had no idea what had gone on here because this has gone away. She's with her Savior. She's reunited with my dad. And that's what she wanted. But you see, has God forgotten me? No. He's with you. But also, I want you to know that he goes through the storm before you. You see, friends, 
God knows the storm we're going to go through. God's on the other side of that storm. He's already figured it out. But the thing I love about God is he doesn't just wait on the other side of the storm for you to get through it. He doesn't wait over there and say, come on over, you're going to get there. He's on the other side and he knows what the ending is. And then he gets right in the middle of the storm with you. You remember the story about the disciples in the storm? Jesus was asleep and the storm came and the waves rolled in. And they woke Jesus up and said, don't you care, we're going to die. And he woke up, put his arms out, and he calmed the storm. Friends, it may not feel like the storm is calming that you may be facing this year. But Jesus comes right through it to pull you out on the other side. You see, that again is a place where you will not be alone in the storm. Many of you all know that last year, a year and a half ago, I got really, really sick. And I almost died. And I told you all, I preached about that, and I said these words. I said, I could not pray for some reason. I couldn't pray. I was in the middle of the biggest storm of my life, and I couldn't pray. And Christ was right there with me, But you know who got me through that storm? Every one of you all in here who prayed for me. You joined me in that effort, and you pulled me through. And when I say I could not pray, I'm not saying I couldn't think of the words to pray. I finally realized I was so busy trying to live that I couldn't pray. But, oh, I felt the prayers. I heard the prayers of you folks. So again, as you go through your storm, you're not forgotten. But what I do want to tell you is if you go through the storm and you don't let anyone know, we can't help you. You've got to let people know when you're going through your storm. You may think no one cares. You're wrong. We care. It's not embarrassing to go through a storm. I tell people, I'm a prime example of that. And I didn't ask for help. It's a situation I don't talk about very often. I was a dentist for 30 years. I closed my practice because of the lack of finances. Not only that, I had serious, serious tax trouble. I, which included Stephanie, unfortunately, I lost everything. I lost our house. I lost everything that was in our house. I lost everything. The government took it all. At that time, I was too embarrassed. Not to ask for help. There was nothing anyone could do. But I was too embarrassed to ask for people to pray for me because I had messed up royally. But I had a few friends. Back in the day, they used to post those things in the newspaper. And I had a few friends 
that I guess I'm glad they were voyeurs and they wanted to look in the newspaper to see whose house had been taken from them. But I had a few friends who called me and said, Rick, we're praying for you. What I want, to he- want you to hear, though, is don't feel sorry for me because the best thing that ever happened to me was losing everything. Because when I lost everything, I had to trust in God only. And I did not do that up to that point. So you see, friends, when you're going through your storms, don't be embarrassed to tell others about it. If someone judges you, I hate to say it like this, but they weren't really your friend anyhow. They need to love you through your storm. You know, although Stephanie and I saw a lot of mass destruction, we, Stephanie and I walk every day on the beach. That's just what we do. We love the beach. And even though this beach was just destroyed, we could still walk about three miles in each direction. Every day we would walk three miles up one way and three miles back, the same thing the next day in the opposite direction. In all that time, we saw one other high-rise condominium building that was open. But an amazing thing happened. We started seeing here and there houses that looked like they were untouched by the storm. They weren't new houses. They weren't just being built after the storm. You could tell they had been there through the storm. And I tell you what, it was really weird. And as Stephanie and I walked and talked, this story from the Bible came to mind. Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says these words, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the stream rose, and the winds blew against that house, and it fell with a great crash. You see, we came to realize that those houses and that one building are still standing because they were built to survive a hurricane. They were built to survive a storm. And that's what they did. But you see, if you hear nothing else today, I want you to hear this. None of us know if or when a storm's going to come. But friends, we can start now. The first Sunday of 2024, we can start preparing for that storm. And if you look back on what I just read, the way we prepare for that, as we figure out what our foundation in life is built upon. Are you firmly planted on the rock? Is your faith in Jesus Christ, is he your foundation? Because you see what we noticed about these houses is they stood on the same pillars as other houses that were blown off their foundation. But they were built with solid cement. I know nothing about building, but I know that with the cement, there's rebar inside that they pour more cement inside that keeps on building it. They were built on a solid foundation. 
But let me ask you another question. Is your foundation built on that shifting sand? That shifting sand that this world tells you is strong enough to withstand the storm? Are you loosely tethered to something that's not going to stand in the storm? You saw a picture or two up there of boats that are still sideways. They weren't tethered strongly enough to the dock. We were eating lunch one day at a place two miles away from the beach, and I looked over Stephanie's shoulder, and I said, oh, mine. She's like, what are you looking at? She turned around. There was literally a speedboat in a tree. 25 feet off the ground, just stuck there. Again, someone didn't tie that boat up correctly, and that boat was left in a forest of trees. You see, when the storm comes, it's not the time to figure out what's your foundation. It's too late by then. Your foundation must be settled before the storm comes. The hard question we all have to answer this morning is, what are we building our foundation on? Is your foundation on the one who can withstand the storm? Or is your foundation on shifting sand that will give way when the storm waters rise? Now, my hope and prayer is that if I preach the first Sunday of next year, that we can all say, Rick, your sermon was useless. We had no storms. That would be the best answer to prayer we could ever have. But I'm smart enough to know that that's not the case. As I look out upon you, brothers and sisters, I love all of you dearly. And it breaks my heart to know that we will face storms this year. Set your foundation on the rock, my friends. Let others know that you're going through storms. Jesus promises he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. Never, ever let anyone try to tell you that Jesus forgot about you during the storm. Talked to one man. Our final Lyft driver was taking us to the airport. He's a retired gentleman from New Jersey, and we just asked him about the storm. He said, this is my first storm I've ever been through. And he said, I live seven miles inland. And he said, the day before, well, actually, he said four days before, because the thing I didn't tell you about Hurricane Ian, it was forecasted 48 hours before to go 120 miles north of Fort Myers Beach. Everyone thought they were safe, but it turned. But he told me, he said, I've only lived here for two years. We've never had a hurricane. He said, I talked to my next-door neighbor who's lived here for 37 years. And he said, I'm so glad I didn't listen to him. I thought, what's this story going to be? 
his neighbor told him these words. Don't worry about it. They never get hurricane forecasts right. And even if they do, it will never get this far inland. He told us the water got a half an inch from his raised first door, first floor apartment. But the thing I love the most about it is, he said, but then an amazing thing happened. As the water almost left over, it started to recede. I said, my friend, got a pretty good idea what happened. He said these words, yes, prayers were answered. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.